Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Enlightened and Petty. And today I am talking about a movie. I know this podcast is all over the place. Isn't it great? Today I will be discussing the Spike Lee joint The Five Bloods that is on Netflix. So stay tuned. All right, let's get into it. So I watched the movie with my mom. I was not really going to watch it, just to be honest. Um, War films aren't my thing, but she was like, I'm watching it. It's on. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm coming to see because I always know I'm going to learn something from a Spike Lee joint, you know, or just get enlightened in some way. So I'm like, I'm not doing anything else. Let me see what this art has to offer. So right off the bat, once again, I don't like war films. I don't like violence. I'm just like, oh, no, no, no. My eyes are closed. I was jumpy. It was definitely effective in scaring me. <laughs> so I went on Rotten Tomatoes to see what they, who is they on Rotten Tomatoes? I don't know, the people, I guess, what they thought of the film. Everyone I talked to loved it. My dad loved it. Um, I, once again, learned a lot. I love the clips of the montage of just history during the Vietnam War. I don't, to be honest, I don't remember learning a lot about the Vietnam War, anything that was like retained, you know, not like, you know, how we know a lot about World War II or World War One, you know, Vietnam and Korea. It's kind of just like, not really, they, they're not like broadcasting that history often. So on Rotten Tomatoes, they rated it 91% percent tomato meter total count 246 and the audience score is a 54 percent now it's rotten tomatoes who is rotten tomatoes like who are who are these people judging this i always take that in mind when you know you read critics like who is the critic what is their experience what is their education like this all has to do with what they say about art, you know, is how they walk through life and the lens they walk through life. And if they choose to like remove the lens or leave the lens on when they critique, it's just a lot. So movie info from Academy Award winning winner Spike Lee comes a new joint, the story of four African-American vets, Paul, Otis, Eddie, and Melvin, who returned to Vietnam, searching for the remains of their fallen squad leader and the promise of buried treasure. Our heroes, joined by Paul's concerned son, battle forces of man and nature while confronted by the lasting ravages of the immortality of the Vietnam War. Once again, I would say this is a very, very well done war film especially, of course, on African-American men during the Vietnam War. It was great. It was very effective. So for me, just, you know, how I watch stuff, and I'm sure how a lot of people watch stuff depending on how ready you are going into a film, but I was looking for a black woman. I don't know. Like, just to be honest, I was looking for a black woman. And I know that's extremely selfish. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what the film's about. You know, it's just not what it's about. Spike Lee can do a film on what he wants to do a film on, historical 
an historical fiction piece about whatever he wants and that's what he did you know he's not thinking oh you know what does Sierra want to see um and so yeah so but that did give me the question of that's just something I noticed as a film viewer as a theater goer I always look for my representation and I don't know if that's selfish of me I don't know but I always respect art where I'm not represented in other people's stories you know there's millions of stories out there I can't say like oh I don't see a black woman in it I'm not gonna watch this like absolutely not um but I was curious because a lot of times in historical films and war films um you see an erasure intentional, not intentional, whatever, you know, it's not my piece, but there is an erasure of black women, women, especially in American war themes. And so I'm like, what, what, what were black women doing during the Vietnam war? That's kind of one thing that this film left me with. So I was looking uh, through Rotten Tomatoes and I was looking at the critics and what the critics had to say in the top critics. And I was looking at the pictures of the top critics and they're all white. I don't know why I'm talking in a British accent, you know, critic. I don't know. I don't know. That's rude, is it? I don't know. Okay. So, you know, one person says, this has everything but the kitchen sink. Approach can be his strength, but while Five Bloods doesn't entirely lack heat, it never really gets cooking. And that has like a splat thing on it. I don't know what that means. And then someone says, Five Bloods is the first movie I've seen since lockdown began that made me yearn to be in a packed cinema. Another one says, is Lee preaching to the choir? Perhaps, but those not already in the fold who give the film a chance may discover that the things Lee is saying are hard to disagree with regardless of your race, creed, or color. And that is facts. Spike Lee was spitting facts in this film, like history. And I'm just like, wow, wow. Black men on the front lines during this war. For war for what? You know what I mean? And so pretty much the critiques are like that. Um, you know, it's bustling, frenzy, jammed pack. It was a lot. I'm just going to say, it's, you know, it's war. And he's not shying away from war, not romanticizing war or anything like that. Um, I was a little paranoid after. Uh, but it's clever, too. So if you notice from me reading the description, which I had to kind of, I caught it, like, right off the back. I'm like, they're, they're the Temptations. Like, the names are the Temptations. And there's a beautiful Marvin Gaye acapella that is just amazing to listen to and just heartbreaking. Um, just a tale of African-Americans. And so I was looking and looking. I'm like, what, what do black people say about this film? And so I went on the Grio and a writer, Courtney Wills, uh, wrote an article, said five reasons you must watch Spike Lee's To Five Bloods. And she says the performances are incredible which I do agree with. These men, they're act these, are pro these are thespians. These are professional actors, and they are giving it their all. Um, she says, it's a history lesson. Oh, the actor is Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, anyways. And it says, it's a history lesson. Correct. I learned a lot that I did not know. No. And it says it's a kick-ass heist flick. Yes, 
I would agree with that. Um, a lot of times I'm just like, why? Why is this money so important? Uh, no, don't go, don't go. Um, it goes deep. It does. It goes way deep. I'm just like, I can't, I can't. My mind, uh, my emotions, my nerves are shot. It, and then another reason is it couldn't be more timely. It correct war, division, racism, racism, violence. It's it's also here. Um, and that's what was said about that. And then I went and did my own research, which I, you know, suggest a lot of people do. If you see something and you're like, hey, what about this? Like, look it up. You know what I mean? Spike Lee can write a film. It, I think it, the film was very masculine. Um, and there was a French woman who was a part of the story, but that just also is kind of uh, not foreshadowing. Oh, I need to read a good book on on what this is called, but it uh, it kind of shadowed the French's actual role during like the Vietnam War, and kind of uh, this French woman was trying to find um, bo- sleeper bombs to because the French put them there, you know, back during this time. So I'm like, okay, so we got the French, we got, you know, some Vietnamese and the black people. And so then I'm like, yes, so what were black women doing? Oh, and then another side story was that one of the soldiers had a child with a woman from Vietnam. Um, And so that's also a big theme. And that also reminded me kind of of um, Miss Saigon. I saw Miss Saigon whenever it was last on Broadway. Um, And just how, you know, soldiers go over and they sleep with the women and the women get pregnant and they have these babies and the babies of the war and the aftermath of that. Okay. So now to go off of the five bloods and into what kind of piqued my interest and my curiosity. So I'm like, where do black women at? Um, And so I just simply typed in black women during the Vietnam War into the good old Google and a website called uh, womensmemorial.org popped up and it, it, gave me a list of articles that mentioned African-American service women. So now I'm just going to give some excerpts from those articles, just talking about uh, the journey of African-American women during the Vietnam War, who served, who served our country, who saved lives, okay? They were there, we were there. Okay, so first a little bit of background on black women like serving in our country. The first two black women Marines entered basic training in 1949, while the Navy integrated its 25 black enlisted women and two black women officers in 1950. Uh, The Army and Air Force also integrated basic and advanced training classes for women quickly. The Air Force in 1949 and the Army in 1950. And this is all quoted from the articles on their website, which I will have linked in this description if you want to check it out and read these articles in full length. Okay, so in March 1971, a reporter for the Baltimore Sun interviewed colonial doctor uh, Clotilde Bowen, a U.S. Army Medical Corps uh, 
about her experiences in Vietnam. And they asked, what is it like to be black and female in the mostly white male U.S. Army, he asked. She says, rough often. Many assume you are weak and inferior, not very capable. At best, you are patronized. At worst, there is just outright discrimination. But it's not so much because you are black, but because you are a woman. The Army is learning, often painfully, how to accept blacks as people, but is still uptight about women. And then the article says, service women, both black and white, were often denied the opportunity to serve in Vietnam, and the relatively few women who were assigned there were relegated to traditional feminine jobs to keep them safe. And that, that I had a question about that, because, you know, the war, the army were put, you know, black men on the front lines. This was, you know, Vietnam was a new way of fighting, you know, the jungle war, the jungle battle uh, on different terrains. And so, but you often hear over here, and of course it's over here and not in the army, but, you know, the black woman is the most disrespectful at the bottom of the pack. And so, but still, as a woman, you're not so violently sacrificed, if that makes sense. I don't know. That's just where my mind went. Another quote says, when the war in Vietnam started, the maximum number of women in each service was still limited by law to 2%. Most military women served as nurses, secretaries, or clerks. Um, one African-American Air Force Lieutenant Colonial who had completed a highly classified counterintelligence course in preparation for assignment to Vietnam saw her orders abruptly canceled. Initially, she was uncertain whether her rejection was based on her race or gender. She eventually learned that her race had nothing to do with the decision to hold her back. It was simply that her superiors were uncomfortable with the idea of sending a woman to Vietnam. In April 1969, as the war was becoming increasingly unpopular at home, Army Nurse Lieutenant Diane M. Lindsay volunteered for assignment to Vietnam. She was on duty at the 95th Evacuation Hospital when a confused U.S. soldier pulled the pin from a live grenade and threw it. Lieutenant Lindsay and a male officer restrained the soldier and convinced him to relinquish a second grenade, thereby avoiding additional casualties. Her bravery earned her the soldier's medal for heroism. She was the first black nurse to receive the award and was eventually promoted to captain. Another story, um, Army, I think this is Major Cora L. Burton, uh, served at the 91st Evacuation Hospital at Chali from September 1969 to September 1970 a northern city uh Chowley experienced I think Chowley is like the city experienced almost daily rocket attacks during this period Major Burton served as a hospital supervisor monitoring patient and uh monitoring patient patient tragedy trage um oh I'm learning so much um military worded here jargon uh, and stepping in during emergencies initially her chief nurse had resisted giving her a, su a supervisory position she believed it was because she was black and complained to the hospital commander the issue was resolved in favor of major burton however this meant that she owed the commander a favor uh, the colonial found ways to 
uh, Burton wrote that the colonial found ways to let me know what he wanted from me in return for my support. My body, I learned to duck with such grace and poise. I soon became as fleet of foot as any prima ballerina. I didn't want to offend or anger him because I had been warned of his vindictiveness. Instead, I called on all the psychology I had learned as well as my intuitiveness to stay out of his clutches. Um, my first... Uh, that was the end of the quote, but um, my first kind of intro into army life was the Lifetime show Army Wives. I loved that show. Okay. In January uh, 1970, Major Burton was given the additional responsibility of heading up the unit's Human Relations Council, established by the command as an informal way to resolve racial tension. She traced many of these problems to stress and overwork and the fear some people felt in a combat environment. The council mediated race-based confrontations and attempted to educate soldiers about ethnic terms and traditions. In one notable situation, Major Burton was asked to talk to a panicked black private holding two white MPs at gunpoint. Major Burton convinced the soldier to surrender. She received the Bronze Star for her performance in Vietnam. She spent her entire nursing career in the Army Nurse Corps, retiring as a lieutenant colonial. And then one of the last stories I'm going to share, uh, CW3 Doris Lucky Allen as a senior intelligence analyst in Vietnam. I was recognized for having been responsible through production of one specific intelligence report for saving the lives of at least 101 U.S. Marines fighting in Quang Tri province. In an interview, she said that she initially had difficulty getting her chain of command to take her report seriously if she had not been persistent and pushed her report forward, it would have been buried. And so those were some uh, stories from different articles that I found on the website that I googled, uh, womensmemorial.com. You know, women serve, and I think it's so important just to get more stories, get more stories out there. So I'm glad I can share this with you all. And once again, like my mom said, she was like, you your show's called Enlightened and Petty, but it's not really that petty. It's kind of very informative. And I just want to keep it open, keep it both ways. This was a more serious episode, but, you know, it's serious, serious times. Um, so check out The Five Bloods on Netflix. It is a lot. I definitely had to do some more reading and kind of come down after watching that film. Um, but enjoy, get enlightened, learned a lot, do your research, you know, if it's something that calls you, uh, meditate and find joy after if you can. And thank you to everyone who has served, is serving, had relatives that serve. Um, very important history. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you guys next time.